Hey, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Path Investor Podcast number two. Deuce. This episode, we sat down with Alyssa Raspoli and Pat Tanner, a couple friends of ours next door uh, with Missouri House Buyers. It's a local wholesale company here in the St. Louis market. Yeah, Pat and Alyssa are some rock star investor wholesalers here in the market. Uh, they are go-givers. They're always giving back to the community. So we had a lot of fun with them here on the podcast today. Uh, we covered a whole lot here, Jake. What did we talk about here today? Well, Brian, we covered everything from uh, finding a mentor to our favorite deal source to SEO and, and the whole nine yards. So a lot of ground was covered in this episode and uh, show notes will be included in the link below. Yeah, we'll drop some links to some of our favorite resources and a lot of the stuff we talked about here today, but we'll get into it here. Here's episode number two. Enjoy. Thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're super excited. Super pumped to have you here. So, uh, yeah, we're just in the neighborhood, so I thought we should do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we share an office with these guys, our next door adjacent, and this is where you guys actually started at, right? Mm -hmm. We were here for quite a while. And you're in the big one next door now, and we're just hanging out, so... We get to chat it up a lot and run into each other. It's a lot of fun over here. Collaborations so. do happen here. Ping pong yeah. tournaments, <laughs> yes. A lot of mischief. So um, you guys want to talk a little bit about how you teamed up together and started working together and really how you guys both got into real estate to begin with, really? Yeah. I mean, we both have, you know, a completely different um you know, aspects of how we got started. Um, I got started straight out of college. That's when I met my mentor and now one of my really good friends, Jason uh, Pellitzer, and he taught me everything I know. And that's kind of how I got started. I met him and, you know, I was like, what does this guy do? And he's like, I do real estate. And I was like, okay, I have to learn how to do this. And, you know, that's kind of how I began. And Pat has a different story about, you know, how he got started, but we actually met through uh, Jason's blueprint mm -hmm. pretty much. And, um, and we became friends. It was and, <laughs> yeah, it was fate. And, you know, then we started closing deals together and, you know, teamed up. And, and now we are on the big side of the office. So. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good things have happened in, in this side, though. And this is where we kind of started. Mm -hmm. And we've been fortunate enough to be around the right people. And, mm -hmm. you know, the guys over at Faster House and just everything. It's, it's been a really fun journey. So. And now yeah. you actually help coach with Jason, right? And so Pat, you became a student for the for the blueprint and that's how you guys first yeah. met? Right, so to piggyback off what Alyssa was saying, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people. Yep. Um, I knew from day one, I tried to make real estate work on my own. I paid for other training, yep. gurus and all this stuff. And that's where I met Jason in my city. And I, once he got off stage, you meet the right people. I said, I'm gonna go talk to that guy who was around the right people. And immediately, you know, and long story short, you know, you just put yourself in those situations. And now, you know, I met Alyssa, I met, you know, other people on the team, we've expanded, like we're joking about, but in all seriousness, this is, it all started in this office right here. Uh, and it's just, nobody's paths, nobody's two paths are going to be the same. So yeah, but a know, lot of times they can come together. Oh yeah. yeah. Just like you guys, yeah. you know, we know your story. We heard it and it's, it's a beautiful combination of, of opportunity and business, you know? So. Yeah. 
So you talked about like your you had other coaching and stuff like that. Then you moved over to Jason. Was there like a mindset thing that was different, or what? What was about the other experiences that you had, and then going over to Jason? Like, what was the difference between that? Good question. Um, honestly, it was the day to day help being in your market. Okay. I, I promote that big time. I'm like, you can you can if you're gonna really take the dive. Like I'm still working at W two. You know, we all know those stories. Uh, and I was working at a place where I didn't have a cell phone service. So I was like, I would leave lunch to go make cold calls where there's like cell phone blockers because <laughs> I had a security clearance and all this crazy stuff. And so, I mean, I would get three or four calls on a half an hour lunch and then eat, you know? So I was like, I have to get out of this environment. And so it was just being local and being with people that were in my city that were doing deals. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be more successful going and partnering up get out of the scarcity mentality of, yeah. of I'm going to, I'm going to do this on my own and close half as many deals and make more money and be less happy. So that was really just, that was the mindset shift. Yeah. Like, you know, screw this. Like, let's go, let's go copy rather than try yeah. to beat. I think Brian and I had a pretty similar experience to that. Like we got like the fast house group of people. We'll always be talking about those yeah. people. And then, <laughs> I mean, just, just, I can't say enough about them, but just getting into that group, changed our mindset completely. It was like a cloud just got lifted off of us and we were able to make better decisions. Well, I had a similar path to you, Pat. I went out and paid for a national coaching program, spent all my money, didn't have anything left to put into marketing or buying a house. So like I was doing all that guerrilla stuff to get going and they pretty much like give you what you need and blow out of town. So then you're trying to network with people in your Mm -hmm. hometown, make direct connections. Mm but yeah, I mean, so I did that and I spent all that money and I took, did a couple of deals from it and everything, but it wasn't really till I surrounded myself with our local mastermind with the Faster House team mm-hmm. where you really started to take off and mm-hmm. you're just surrounded with people that are doing what you're doing every day. I had no idea that you guys aren't, haven't been doing this longer. So, so you've well, excelled very fast. Uh, well, no, it's been a few years. Maybe, I mean, so. so like I started property management in 2017 right, okay. and then grew from there, uh, worked with another local investor for being an acquisitions manager. And you kind of did a similar. So 2016, I joined Fortune Builders and tried to get my own business going right. and everything, working my full-time job and right. doing the real estate on the side. And it just took forever to get going. And I had uh, a pregnant wife and <laughs> I knew I had to get yeah. a deal before um, we had our, we had Brody. And um, I closed my first wholesale like the day my wife is still in the hospital. We just had her kid and we closed the deal the next day. That's a great story. And then <laughs> life happens. Like and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I finally got an opportunity to get into it full time working for another investor right. through those connections I met made through fortune builders. So yeah, um, it was definitely a good investment. Um, I was just laughing because like my, I, I wholesaled my first deal without even knowing what wholesaling was. <laughs> <laughs> So you can do it. <laughs> exactly. Like I didn't know what it was. I was just like, I was a property manager and I had this one person, uh, I guess a client that was selling a house and I was like, all right, well, I'm sure we'll buy it. Like yeah. somebody in here will buy it. And then another person was like, do you got anything for sale? I was like, yeah, I got this thing over here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just connected the contracts. And so like we do a little bit of everything. We're focused on building a rental portfolio and then we have a flipping business for our active income since this is full time for us. So we do some wholesaling and some rehabbing to help pay the bills um, and make our monthly income. So at first when I got into it, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in real estate. Did you guys know, like, were you attracted yeah. to wholesaling? You knew you wanted to do that? Because this is that, that's your main, you know, mm-hmm. core focus, right? Yeah. So um, when I first started, I, I did, <clears throat> I did a rehab and 
it was completely different than everything that I had thought. <laughs> I knew nothing about houses when I first started. I went to school for business marketing and then that's when I met Jason and I was like, okay, he was like, you're going to go buy houses. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy houses. But yeah. I never even bought my own house. I was living in a college dorm. And so when I was walking through houses, I didn't know what to look for. They were like, how old is the HVAC? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> like literally I knew nothing. And Jason, you know, he, having someone like that to like mentor me and guide me mm -hmm. definitely helped me a ton because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but then I wholesaled, you know, uh, a house or two and I was like, I like this and <laughs> because the marketing, you know, real estate on the wholesaling side of things, it's very marketing, you know, geared. Heavy. So yeah. it's a marketing market business, business. Yeah. and that's what I love to do. You know, I don't like to actually go out and fix houses. I love seeing like the before and afters. I think that's <laughs> awesome. But like going out and swinging a hammer or going out and looking, you know, at houses and, and anything that can go wrong yeah. if you don't have the right contractors, yeah. if you don't have the right crews. Some people do amazing at it, but they have the right team in place, yeah. you know, to do those things. I personally am like, you know, I'd rather focus on the marketing and focus on, you know, the front end lead generation. And that's what we got really, really good at. And so mm -hmm. we've kind of just stayed in our lane and focused in on, on those things. I mean, there's times where we'll make a $10,000 wholesale fee and our buyers uh, who buy it from us will flip it and make 120 and we're like, dang, you know, we could have done that. Mm -hmm. um, but we're, we're always really happy for them. And I think that's why we've become such well-known wholesalers is because we make sure that our buyers are getting, mm -hmm. we're leaving a ton of meat on the bones. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and we want all of our buyers to make a ton of money. And so yep. they keep coming back to us. Um, so, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, dang, we could have, we could have done that and made 120, but we took the quick 10, but, um, but we're on three deals deep after way 10 deals deep before that rehab's ever done. Right? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You're, you're a sales and marketing company, yes. right? Basically. And that's totally like you getting that business and marketing degree and then just so happy to get into it. Like you didn't mean to get into wholesaling. You just happened to get into wholesaling. Yeah. Really like, like leveraging that degree and that knowledge that you actually <laughs> gained from college. Like that was awesome. Yeah, you're one of the few people yeah. I know <laughs> utilizing your degree. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a psychology major. Most people are so. trying to escape uh, their day job. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. But, yeah. so you were still in college when you first got started? Well, I just graduated. Okay. okay. So I just graduated college and I had job offers and I was like, well, I don't really want to go work a nine to five. I was kind of trying. You had good job offers. Alyssa's really smart, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's I, super smart. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like, what exactly do I want to do? And so I met Jason actually at a restaurant through a friend and you know i i saw his lifestyle i saw what he was doing i saw he was actually doing things yeah. and i was like i need to learn from this guy you know so i um that's kind of how it all began for me and i'm i'm very blessed that it happened that quickly because i know a lot of people search and try to do things for a long time until they get something going but i kind of met the right person mm -hmm. at the exact perfect time and here i am today you know um i wouldn't change any of it you call that luck or you call that opportunity or like you create the opportunity or like how did how do you what do you label that as i mean me personally i think i'm just very blessed but um also you know when there's opportunity in front of you because there's opportunity yeah. every single day for people you have to have the guts to go talk to that person yep. you know yeah. so having the guts to go talk to jason palliser at the time i was like 
you know, who, who am I compared to him, right? Yeah. Um, but just having the guts, I guess, to go out and say, listen, I want to sit down and talk to you mm-hmm. and risk him being like, no, I don't have time or whatever. I mean, I think there's opportunity in front of all of us every single day. You just have to jump on it, right. you know? Don't be afraid to go talk to that person or don't be afraid to put yourself out there because what's the worst that could happen? They say no. They say no. I think a lot people of people, the fear of rejection is huge for a lot yeah. of people. And I think it's just a matter of, law of attraction, putting yourself out in the universe, deciding, hey, I'm going to go out and get into real estate, quit my day job. And <laughs> if you focus on that every day, you're going to make that happen. You know? I realized that kind of piggyback on that. I realized, and we'll go back to the mindset thing too, when I stopped, <clears throat> like I was 20 something thousand dollars in the hole for, you know, these mastermind things that go around the country and suck you dry. Yeah. Right. So in my mind, I started this journey, like I got to get that money back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, it wasn't about the expansion. It wasn't about the mindset. It wasn't, it was literally about refunding something that I was like, maybe I made the wrong decision. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the first year or two of my journey in this industry. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> but when the mindset shifted and you meet people like Lissa or Jason or you guys, and it's like, okay, well, now it's about how many people can I talk to? How many homeowners can I talk to? How many offers can I make? How many yeah. doors can I knock on? And then you just reverse engineer the whole business. We talk about that all the time and it becomes fun and predictable. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Pat, he's very humble, but he's amazing at acquisitions and negotiating with sellers and talking to sellers. I mean, like we just got off the phone with a seller today that was like, they actually thought he was a preacher. It was uh, funny. Um, uh, <laughs> just because he was so nice and they really related with him. And, you know, he was it's complimenting me left and right when we met him. Yeah. And, well, you're you know, a nice guy. Just, just hearing those things about him and the way he works with sellers is amazing. Like, he's really good at it. Right. We're going to get an offer accepted uh, $14,000 less than another guy. Just because they like Pat. So that's the power of rapport. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. Yeah, that's trust-based influence and everything. That's I mean, incredible. you guys have high-demand skills where you're – wholesale, you're supplying a service to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. rehabbers, most flippers, they don't know where to start talking to homeowners and, you know, talk about negotiation and everything. And I wanted to touch on that, too, because you're bringing – as wholesalers, we're, we're a lot of times we get dawed on for just kind of – flipping paper and not really doing anything of value. But really, when you think about it, we provide tremendous value. Tell me if you agree with this, but on the, on the seller side, we're helping them get out of a situation that's probably bad for them, mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and predictably and quickly mm-hmm. with cash. Certainly. And on the back side, I mean, we're funding people's retirements. Mm-hmm. We're giving people opportunities and, and, you know, they're trying to fulfill their dreams and everything like that, getting into real estate. And so we're kind of playing both sides. We're providing a lot of value, I feel like, to the market. Do you guys agree with that? Or Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And if you look at everything in life is wholesaled, honestly. <laughs> Walmart, Walmart is the biggest wholesaler, right? This was probably wholesaled two times. Um, yeah, before we so got like it. literally every product we have, this drink right here was wholesaled. The gas station was the wholesaler. I'm not going to go negotiate with this company and say, hey, how many cans of these can I get mm. at this price and, and stock the shelves and you know this and that. I mean, literally every product that we have, our clothes, it's all wholesaled. So it's just, I mean, are people going to get mad at Walmart for making a rip, you know? They but I mean, really though, you know, it's like, um, even the stuff at grocery stores, I mean, everything is wholesale. So we put a lot of time and energy into our marketing that we're doing and, um, yeah, we have a great time doing it. I think to be a good wholesaler, you need to make sure that you know your numbers correctly. So yep. don't say, hey, it's worth 300 when really it's only worth 200 yeah. That makes you look bad, I think. And yep. also, I don't think you're a good wholesaler if you do that. Um, so we're always very conservative on our numbers and not just for our sake, but also for our buyers. 
And it's always funny because everyone says I'm like very. <laughs> In two years of working with her, I've had one buyer, and this was the other day, and he actually ended up correcting himself. I've had one buyer be higher by $5,000 on an ARV than she's ever ran numbers. And then he actually called back and said, you know what, actually, I'm higher than that. So like we're nobody ever tell you that. Yeah. We're no. always conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, I'll say it's worth 140, and our buyers are like, no, this is 180, and I'm like, I'm just, okay. you know, <laughs> I'd rather you guys purchase this right. thinking it's a 140 ARV because right. at the end of the day, we really build relationships with our buyers. We're kind of our on our buyers team. So mm -hmm. if I can say, hey, no, I think you need to be safe and run this as a 140. At the end of the day, they'll make more money, and it's an investment. I mean. You know, if you're rehabbing houses, buying rentals, whatever, it's an investment property and we've done flips and Airbnbs and these things. So we understand. Right. And that's why I want to make sure that our buyers are, you know, getting good deals. And that takes a lot. You know, we're, we're getting told no on a regular basis. So or sometimes we get low offers accepted. You know? Do you guys think like all the students you talk to and everything, is that one of the biggest hurdles when you're first getting started, understanding values and repair costs and everything? I mean, I had the opportunity in my old job when I first got into it and did this full time. I've analyzed thousands of deals and like every week, hundreds of properties, walking through multiple deals every day. Um, I, I learned really quick on the job. So like I see a lot of newbies or new people just getting into it where they just have this analysis paralysis mode and it's hard to ever get over that. So they, okay. So I, I made this mistake and I think everybody does and I still do it. We don't look at any pictures unless we're running as is comps. We don't look at any pictures. So like if you've never done a deal, you're, you're telling yourself these numbers have to justify these numbers and like when people do their presentations of like a deal a deal case study or whatever you look at that and you're like man it looks like a deal the only reason it looks like a deal is because it was a deal for them so like i had that when people do case studies at <laughs> seminars no seriously it was like this whole mindset of like okay well no it's a deal whenever like that house we looked at the other day we just talked to the guy he's like i know that's a deal and so like it's just kind of coming back around to 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 fruition or if you will and it's like you look at the numbers and the numbers made sense going on that appointment. They don't always make sense going on the appointment. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, we bring buyers with us as a whole says like, we know we stay in our lane, we bring buyers with us and we're $30,000 lower than what they said it was worth. Mm -hmm. And the numbers made sense for us being $30,000 less. Yeah. So how, how much more valuable is that appointment? I think like the biggest thing for new wholesalers though, back on your question is not knowing repair costs. Cause I didn't know repair costs and I did really well. Yeah, I made right. over six figures. I've wholesaled, you know, over a hundred houses in the short period of time I've been doing it. And I was never good at actually walking through the properties. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing and working with other students is their mindset. So believing that you can, yeah, things yeah. are going to get hard at certain points. There will be a point in time, possibly that you're sitting in your car in a seven 11 parking lot crying and you're like, what am I doing? And someone just told you to F off. And it was QT for Ask me how to <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and you're just like, what am I doing? It's my when, job. When, yeah. you, when you hit that point, uh, you cannot give up because yeah. the only way you can become successful at anything is when you push through those moments. That is what creates champions. That is what creates, that is what separates, you know, the top 1% from the rest of the world is the people that push through those hard moments. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling like maybe I should give up, I've tried a ton of things. It hasn't worked. If you push through that, that is what creates champions. And most people quit at that point. You yeah. know, there was a point and you guys may have had points where you were like, 
like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I want to quit. This sucks. Or I'm doing something wrong. Uh, most people quit at that point. Yeah. But if you push through, yeah. you know, that's when you're like, thank God I didn't. Well, I, I, yeah, it's a good piece of advice. I, I just want to kind of couple something with that. I think it's when you get to that point, you have to also keep going, like you said, keep taking action. But then other people will notice you doing that. They'll notice you on the brink of failure, but you still keep pushing forward. And that's where you start finding mentors and people that can really start guiding you and help you along the way. Um, you might have to pay for it or whatever, but I, I think personally, that's how you found Jason Pouncer. You kept going, you kept going, and then you took more action. Things weren't working for you. And then here we are now. On well, a lot of people might have certain individuals in their life that don't want to see them succeed. And they're going to tell them <laughs> that this is all a scam and yeah, not, you can't do this. Yeah. You need to get rid of those people. <laughs> my family has literally turned full circle. My mom went from being, I'm a mom's boy. Anybody can relate to that. But like, we got I, really close. Mom. Yeah, right. We got really close. My hey, mom. divorced, right? <laughs> and we got really close. But it's like, she was like, you need to stay. I worked at a really good job. You know, yeah. I had a security clearance with building airplanes, military aircraft, really great, stable union job. And I didn't even tell her I was quitting. So it's like, that was a huge hurdle for me to get over. And I was like, I have been committed to this. I hadn't even made a dollar in real estate. And I quit that job. Yeah. So now, that's now a he's gonna, Now he's going to buy his mom a house. That's you know? a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Love you, mom. Right. Yeah. I had about three months of reserves, and I was like, I'm out. See you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, before we get too far, we always like to uh, celebrate a win. So oh, yeah. we're going to toast our uh, – cheers our energy drinks. Oh, man. Yeah. We have uh, appointments to run today, so no uh, bourbon or beers today. No. Any, any wins this week, guys? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this past month, we we've had tons of wins, not just this week, but um, yeah, they, they never stop winning. Yeah, we did, <laughs> we did over a hundred grand in you know wholesale fees nice. for the month, and uh, we're getting ready to you know go into October now and stack over. There's, there's always wins for us or for me, anyways. Some of my biggest wins are when we can help. Uh, people that are trying to get into this business. So we do a lot of stuff on the coaching side with Jason mm -hmm. and it's incredible. We got a text this morning from someone that mm -hmm. just closed a 30 grand wholesale deal from one of the strategies that we teach, which is the Facebook groups. And like, that is a win to me That's to, a see, huge win. to see other people that are like implementing it, doing yeah. it. And then I love getting those texts. Like when I wake up to that, I'm like, this is a really big win for me because I love helping other people and seeing them change their lives. Just yeah. taking action. And too, I mean, you, you take that and it's testimony to what you guys are teaching. And so, you, you know, say, hey guys, look, this works. You got to take action with what we're teaching you and you can produce results. And 30K, I mean, that's, you know, what is it, like 40, 50K a year is like the average salary or something yeah. like that? Like, that's a good, almost 50% of life changing money for people. More than that. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. No, I it's love huge. that though, because like this is this business, it is a community. Wherever you're at, your local community of real estate investors, you have to get plugged in and you have to have that abundance mindset and know there's deals for everybody to go around. You can't have the one track mind thinking like, oh, there's just there's no deals out there and this doesn't work, you know. So I, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. And it works in any market too, you know. So we're here, all of us are here in St. Louis and we're yeah. doing deals here. And uh, we do quite a few deals here in our own backyard, but we're also doing deals in other markets too, in virtual markets that people say it's too hot. So like Houston, for example, we're working things there. And some people say Houston is too hot, it's yeah. too competitive, but that's not true. There's deals everywhere. Every single day, the deal of the century is always another one tomorrow. So, um, you know, as long as people need houses and a place to live with a roof, we're gonna continue to have opportunities. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what happens to the market, 
Um, you know, everyone's like, the elections. I was going to say, regardless of who's elected. Yeah, yeah, regardless of what happens, as long as people need a place to live, which they do, unless Mm -hmm. we move to space, Mm -hmm. which could happen. But then there'd be opportunity out there, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'd love it. Lots of land on the moon. Lunar deeds, we got them. Yeah, we actually (laughs) did get lunar lunar deeds. So that's pretty cool. So that's another thing about these two guys that they're always up to something funny. I think one time I came into the office and you were coming up with like a, uh, a scented or flavored masks yes. for oh, yeah, uh, yeah. when the COVID is coming out. So they on the market. Yeah. They're always yeah. like on their hands and something fun. And uh, it's always uh, we, we don't have a bathroom here in this office. We have to go to their office. And uh, there's always this like new thing that they got going on. It's pretty fun. Well, ADD is a gift. <laughs> it, it, it is a gift, yes. Last month, we were joking around about getting a ping pong table, and then the next trip over there, they, they had one. <laughs> then we had a tournament. What? Yeah, and then we yeah. had a tournament. Yeah, so we're big on taking action. You know, yep. ideas are amazing. Yes. But one thing that has always separated us from most people is when we say, hey, we should get a ping pong table. We'll literally go get that done. Like, tomorrow is never a promise. So everything that you've been saying, well, eventually I'll do this, or eventually yeah. I'll, you know, go out and put out bandit signs, or eventually <laughs> I'll go out and do my first direct mail campaign, or mm. eventually, you know, we'll get a ping pong table. If you don't do it today, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's kind of how I literally wake up. I mean, if if we're waking up today, then let's make it happen. So I just want to, like, piggyback off that. So when we first got started, we needed cash, okay? Um, so... I had a credit card line, a pretty big credit card line, my other business, and um, Brian was like, all right, well, well, I presented that to you, and I said, we can do something with this, and it required to basically max out that credit card Mm -hmm. to get going on direct mail and all that stuff, and basically, Brian was like, dude, if we don't, like, if you're saying don't do this, then you're kind of telling yourself that we don't have what it takes to actually perform, and Mm -hmm. I was like, Shit, you're right. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go max this on the gun out and let's get going. And, and yeah. like our first deal from that direct mail paid for that entire mm-hmm. credit yeah. card bill. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was a relief to me. You know, Look at my wife, you know, mm-hmm. hating me. So um, yep, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> come around. Literally, one deal can change your entire situation, yeah. no matter what it is. Yeah, it changed our mindset about this whole operation and everything like that. But I'm, um, you know, just basically taking action, and, and you might as well do it now. Well, we so. had to. We started our flipping business the week before the COVID shutdowns, mm-hmm. and we had no pipeline. We were like, we got to pump mm-hmm. some uh, leads in there somehow. So yeah. yeah, we had to make a big investment to get that going. If, yeah. if you lived your life, like if you knew you only had a week left to live, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? You know what yeah. I mean? Like as far as, <laughs> as far as action goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you knew you only had a week left, what would you do? Maybe you'd call up the person that you have had a grudge, yeah. you know, with, or the business partner that fell out. Mm-hmm. For example, you would call them and say, Hey, listen, I forgive you. Let's put all beef aside. Best of luck. You know, tie up all the loose ends. Yeah. You tie up loose ends. You'd start treating opportunity people. comes from those things. You treat people differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So we try to do that not only in, you know, business, but everything we don't, you know, if you go into life like that, and I think we had a conversation about that the other day, like everyone's either inherently good or, or bad, but yeah. we really think people are good. And we try to, we try to live that every single day in our lives. Yeah. You guys are go givers. That's for sure. Um, trying to be more. Well, I mean, uh, when we first decided to take the plunge and get into business for ourselves, we sat down with a few people. Let's say you were one of them and you were very encouraging. We met at a coffee shop and like, you just were like, Hey, I got you, whatever you need. Like mm-hmm. we'll make, make sure that you guys are up and running. I think you guys are going to do awesome. We just gave us all this encouragement and, uh, 
we really have you and other people like you to thank for that. Probably. Yeah, well, I, I love it. And then seeing you guys last a week or two ago, like on stage. Terrified. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely terrified. You know, crushing it on stage. Was like, it was amazing. You know, yeah. standing, standing ovation. And um, I mean, it was incredible. So like just to see how much you guys have done in a short period of time, is, it's like really cool to watch. Well, awesome. Thanks so much. I mean, yeah. I mean, just to put a bow on that, like, we knew we could do this business. We've been full time in it, working jobs within real estate. We just never, for some reason, thought we could go out and do it on our own. We thought we needed somebody else's capital for marketing or whatever to take down deals. So, like, once we realized we could put that together, it's like there's no stopping us. You know? yeah. yeah. Now they're tearing down the house on stages across the country. And yeah, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, no, I don't know about that. We're not that. You cool. guys are very humble and. Like we like to be loud and energetic and go and like we always promote other people. Like I feel like we promote you guys more than y'all promote yourself. So let's go. Like, <laughs> we're trying to be better about that. Like just starting this thing, just yeah. putting it out there. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, try new things. It's, it's you life. know, we try to be authentic and be ourselves, and hopefully people realize that. And yeah, for sure. I think it's important too when you're in front of a. a, a homeowner selling, you know, you've got to be yourself. They've got to be able to trust you. They could, they get a hundred postcards in the mail. They could sell anybody. They got to like you and trust you to do business with you. So we try to treat every lead like that and it's working out so far. So, um, you guys are ninjas at sales and marketing. We could talk about hundreds of different strategies all day long, but what do you guys want to talk about today for really, you say you, you talk to so many different people and a lot of them have the same question. Um, yeah, so we have a bunch of Facebook groups. We have uh, a ton of, you know, students that we get to work with. And uh, I see a question come up a lot about cash buyers. So how to find legitimate cash buyers. So not people that are going to pull out the day before closing or get your property under contract and then try to sell it to their buyers. Um, how to find like legitimate, legitimate cash buyers. Can I stop you one second? That happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to us. Yeah. We're both... Uh, we would think we were seasoned enough to not get caught with that, and uh, yeah, so we're. You saying you pulled out? No, we didn't pull out. Oh. Someone else pulled out. Yeah. It was like the someone day tried, the day yeah, they have closing. Yeah, we got emailed from the top company. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. And um, so finding legitimate cash buyers. This, you know, real estate is a people business, and if you're going to be in the wholesale side of things, yeah. we try to focus on our buyers first because if we know exactly where our buyers want houses, then that's where we're going to target. So. A lot of gurus and people out there say, hey, go out, buy the high equity absentee list, start mailing it, start doing bandit signs. But in our opinion, that's kind of wrong. We start with the end in mind first. So let's go out, let's build relationships with the best cash buyers. Let's become good friends. Let's see exactly what they want. And then let's go target those areas because as wholesalers, you know, we have to have a, um, we have to have like the end in mind. Yeah. Otherwise we're gonna flip the house ourselves. So, so that's kind of how we, we, we start with where do our cash buyers want houses and then we're going to go out and get it. There's no guesswork. So right. like we don't, we don't like, we might be untraditional. So anybody watching this who's never done a deal wholesaling. They are untraditional. You see, you see a lot of people lock up properties. You see a lot of people lock up properties and blast them out with no end, go, end result. Like they don't yeah. know what they're going to do with it. To me that it makes me sick because like I'm going to stay awake at night. I'm going to sell to somebody I've never met if I even sell it. And it's just, you know, in our opinion, just not, doesn't make you feel good. 
So do you guys have like some sort of concept of, okay, this is a good rental property, this is a good fix and flip? Like, do you know those numbers or like where your yeah. buyers want to be and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, we've gotten good at that over time. We weren't, for me, I wasn't always good at that. Okay. Like, I'd walk a house and be like, this would be a good flip. And it's in like Jennings, you know, or yeah, like yeah. somewhere that's not a good flip area. But you grow and you learn that kind of stuff over time. But you sit down with some big legitimate cash buyers and ask them, Hey, what are you looking for? Are you looking for rentals, flips, what areas, you know, just asking them those questions um, and, and saying, I'm going to go out and get that for you on a silver platter. So real quick, I know you want to say something about that because you kind of got your first wholesale deal. Yeah. That way. Yeah. But backing up to the Jennings thing. So for people who don't know who Jennings is and all that stuff or why Jennings isn't a good place to do a fix and flip, it's because it's low ARVs. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot, and yeah, and a lot of FHA buyers. So yeah. it's tons of inspections. There's 90 day seasoning periods to be able to qualify for that kind of loan to go sell it, or for the for you to be able to sell it that way. So that's why those aren't really good um, places to fix and flip. Yeah, it'd be walking houses in Pine Lawn and like the Triangle of Death, and, like, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, this might you be ever done that right one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a tri there's a few uh, triangles. Spanish Lake's got a triangle. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to walk so houses there and be like, well, this might be a good flip if we can get it at you know right. two grand. Um, <laughs> but you just gotta you gotta know your areas too. Right, but I mean, you could still wholesale it. You, there's still like hedge funds will buy in those areas. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, local landlords will buy in those areas. So that pretty much this entire business comes down to working with the, the right having the right communication with somebody who owns a house that yeah. needs to sell yeah that's it that's the yeah. whole business so this whole reverse wholesaling concept if you want to put a label on it is this something your mentor taught to you or is this something you just figured out over time like hey i'm doing it wrong here or? it seems like it could be intuitive but yeah it's a mix of both i mean he tells us if you know what everyone wants, then you can turn every property into a deal. So that's yeah. the one thing that he focuses on. What do people want? Go get it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'd say, you know, it's something he teaches and pushes on. He says, you know, what if you know what everyone wants, then, you know, be the most valuable, bring those deals to people. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, finding legitimate cash buyers is something that we're big on. And we want to build those relationships because you know, people ask, well, how big does my cash buyers list have to be? Do I have to have 2,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 people on it? No, you could have two or three yeah. legitimate cash buyers and sell them five to 10 houses a month mm -hmm. and, and be doing just as good as the people that have a list of 10,000. Or better, in my opinion, easier, better, smoother. Right transactions from certain well I, I agree with that because there's a few different kinds of buyers in, in, in different sure. categories like there's your burr buyers in different areas or multifamily buyers sure. in different areas and some of that as long as you have a good one or two of each one of them categories you're going to do just fine as a wholesaler there yeah I've always said you know I'd rather have a short list of a dozen reliable buyers mm -hmm. or 100 buyers rather than some of these guys that got list of 10, 15,000 people, yeah. and they blast it out. And most of those people on their list are just tire kickers that are never gonna buy a deal, yeah. Yeah. you know? But I will say though, sometimes you have a you have something that you don't even know what to do with. And, and I missed out on a $62,000 wholesale deal. I had an mm. option contract on, a, on an apartment building in downtown St. Louis, mm. fully occupied. <laughs> I know, and <laughs> at the time I was working for another investor, so I was the acquisitions arm, sure. and, and then he sent it out and everything, and we couldn't find any buyers. The options contract ran out, uh, I had it for I think two fifty, and then it sold for like three. I think what did that three, math be three twelve? As is occupied. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Twenty four unit apartment building, um, and I just was sick. So as you keep going, though, sometimes you do need those larger 
uh, uh, you'll be able to blast out to a larger buyer's pool because then you start developing new relationships. I would have bought that. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know you at the time though, right? Yeah, I know, so, that's what I'm saying. I think if I had it now, We've killed it. We've done more. Yeah, it's okay. Live yeah. and learn. But Live and learn. quick story, I got my first wholesale deal because I was really spinning my wheels getting started. I was trying to canvas all the St. Louis area on a very small marketing budget. So I was doing banded signs and a very small list of direct mail. Okay. And somebody wise told me like, look, man, start in your backyard or like one neighborhood where you know you have a solid buyer. Yep. So my first coach I had, I knew he'd buy a, a rental in Afton if I found one. So I put all my signs out in Afton, did every all my marketing efforts in there, and I finally got my first deal. Mm -hmm. And from shifting that mindset, that strategy, mm -hmm. I mean, it went from like I went months without my first deal to that happened within like a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so I, that's anybody listening. That's my advice. If you're just starting out on a small budget, like hyper focus on an area, and know you have a good buyer, like you guys were saying. It only takes so, one deal to change this whole thing. It's exactly. factual. Yeah. Yep. Just repeat it. If you know how to make, we say this all the time. If you know how to make five grand as an entrepreneur, you, you can make five more. If you know how to make 50, you, you can make 50 more and you mm. can repeat the process. It's proof of concept. Yeah. Cause I always like, my dad always told me, I would always be like, you know, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make a million dollars. And he would say like, make $5,000 first, learn how to make 5,000, repeat that. And then figure out how to make 10,000 and then figure out how to make 50,000 and then figure out how to make a hundred thousand. And you know, once you start doing that, um, it really does become factual, like you said. Awesome. So, so what are some ways you guys are growing and cultivating your cash buyers? Yeah. So, um, if we got dropped into any market, you know, you spin us on the globe and just drop us. The first thing we would do is we would go to Google. Um, <laughs> Google is, you know, the biggest uh, search engine in the world. And what we would do is, so if you dropped us in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is, there is Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, just checking. I'm really bad at geography. It's okay. um, That's how good she is. She doesn't even know where that is, and she knows she'll make money there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so if you just dropped us in Charlotte, North Carolina, the very first thing we would do is pull up Google mm. on our phones or on our computer or whatever, and we would type in, sell my house fast, Charlotte, North Carolina, or we buy houses, Charlotte, North Carolina, or Charlotte, North Carolina, home buyers. Sure. And we would go through the entire first page, and we would call those people that are showing up on the first page of Google and we would say hey can we sit down and get lunch with you or can we take you out to coffee or you know we are looking to do a ton of marketing in this area and we want to make sure that you know we build good relationships clearly you're doing something and we would sit down with all of the people on the first page so what are you what are you offering to them though to get that FaceTime to get you know, to be able to sit down with them because a lot of times I think people yeah, if you're on the first page that. of Google in most markets, you're probably uh, pretty busy. You're pretty, yeah. I mean, you yeah. could say, hey, who's your acquisitions manager? Who, where do you guys have an office? Can I come in and meet yeah. you guys? And Corona rules, depending, whatever. Sure. You know, so <clears throat> the world has changed a little bit for sure. But we, I mean, generally, you shouldn't have a problem if they're open, if they're good people to work with, they're not going to shut you down. Yeah. We've had some hedge funds. We've had some people tell us, oh, we're not okay with working with wholesalers who are making big spreads. We want everything under contract, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure people can relate to that. So we just don't work with them. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's, you know, 10 on the first page and three tell you, no, I'm way too busy, but you get an appointment with two, go sit down with those two. Right. The way I kind of would position it if I had never done any deals, um, I would say, hey, you know, I am ramping up a ton of marketing in this area and I want to make sure that I'm bringing you deals first. I want to know exactly what you're looking for. And, you know, someone would hear that and say, okay, yeah, let me sit down with them, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And we have people that call us and do that and we'll go sit down with them. We'll talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I first started, I called, I, I did that and I called David Dodge <laughs> and I begged him to, you know, meet me at a bread co out by his office. And he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's a big, big guy here. And it was just funny because like looking back, I mean, now I've done tons of deals with him, but mm -hmm. I remember our first, he, he might not remember <laughs> it, I remember it. I was nervous. Sure does. Was Shout like, out David Dodge. What's up, man? Yeah, what's yeah. up, David Dodge? Um, but yeah, I remember sitting down with him and being nervous and being like, hey, what are you looking for? And Sure. So I think, you know, I don't know how, I don't have as much people coming to me as maybe you, they come to you guys, but you notice there's a lot of people that come to you and not a lot of them will take action. That kind of brings it full circle there. And if you're going to be, Coming to somebody, you gotta be willing to follow up. So it's not just getting FaceTime, it's also delivering on, on your promises. So if you're gonna solicit somebody, like, all right, go hard, go at it. It's like produce. you said though, you have to take action. If you're gonna demand somebody's time like that, yeah, don't waste it. Like do And don't waste you your own either. Yeah. Go After go show them you're gonna take action on the advice they're giving you. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the people that just call. And say, hey, you know, it's usually a virtual assistant or something. Hi, this is mm. Sunrise Home Buyers. We're calling, and you can hear the accent. I'm like, okay, yes, you saw us on the first page of Google. Uh, this is what we're looking for. Bye. You know, that's kind of how I approach those. But when I have an individual reach out mm -hmm. and they say, hey, I'd love to take you to coffee or I'd love to grab you lunch, um, I can even bring lunch to your office. Those people that take that type of action usually end up taking action on deals too, mm. you know? So you go like a couple steps further. Yeah, then not follow. just like, hey, I'm yeah. doing, you know, deal. I have been at Signs in your area. I'm doing deals, you know. If you say, hey, I'd love to bring you lunch. What's your favorite, you know, lunch or coffee place? I'm going to drop it off at your office, and I just want to talk to you for five minutes. Right. They'll, they'll say yes. So, like, we've been putting ourselves out there a little bit more, letting people know, like, where we're trying to buy our rentals, our buy box and everything. And a lot of times I'll make a connection with somebody online or whatever, like, oh, I'll put you on my buyer's list. Like, and then that's it. You're never going to hear from them again. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah. Why don't you take the extra step and mm -hmm. let's go meet up Private and get to know each other. Anything, yeah. It's all about relationships, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah if you it. had someone reach out to you guys that said, hey, what's your favorite place to eat? You mm -hmm. guys said Pickleman's, for example. And they said, hey, I'm going to bring you Pickleman's or whatever your favorite place is. And I'm going to bring it by your office sometime, mm -hmm. you know, whenever you guys are free. I just want to sit down with you for five minutes. Would you guys say yes? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And we, I, uh, you're going to remember that person over anybody else. Yeah. Right. And then we went out to lunch with a guy at Mission Taco after one of the buyers club meetings and mm -hmm. just he chatted us up and everything like that. It was a good experience. So yeah. I would say the big shift in, like I was saying, quitting that job, like, not to turn it back into my story, but like no, the, the mindset of I'm going to do whatever the it takes <laughs> to get this done and figure this out and make a business for myself and build myself and do this. And if you've never done a deal, it's literally just a shift of I'm going to do yeah. whatever I have to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, it sounds so simple and trivial and, and just, but it's a lot. Make that commitment. You got to kind of have that all in mentality. Yeah, go for it. Just, dabble and put one foot in yeah go for it you have to. so i went from so i went from working a w2 job just quitting it because someone was like oh you should be a property manager <laughs> and gave my and i just got my license and i was like okay this is just gonna work sure. like why isn't it like i didn't even think it would well i shouldn't say that i did realize if it didn't work it would kind of screw me but i was like well what's really in my way mm -hmm. nothing really it's just myself so mm -hmm. i just did it and it worked everything just kind of yeah. happened and i'm not saying everybody has that same kind of luck but i mean we're all people who took action and took 
steps and everything kind of did work out that way. Yeah, usually you are your biggest obstacle. Like I yeah. love the picture or analogy of the elephant that is chained to the chair whenever it's a little baby oh, elephant yeah, yeah. and then it grows big and it doesn't move because it thinks that the chair is holding it down. But mm -hmm. the elephant is so much bigger than that little chair. It could easily walk away. It's literally like some of us in our own worlds. Like we think we can't do it or we think uh, even you guys taking the leap and going out on your own, you think that maybe, well, we can't do it if we don't have the capital backing us or this or that. It's your own self stopping you from mm -hmm. becoming everything you're supposed to be. Right. Exactly. Love it. Kind of went on a tangent there, but back to the whole cash buyer <laughs> conversation. Uh, so Google starting there. What else? What are kind of tips for Google yeah. cash buyers? So start on Google, start going to your RIA events. We have a lot of great RIA events here in St. Louis. And I know all the other markets around the country do have great RIA events. Network with people there. We love to build like face-to-face -face relationships with our buyers yep. so that we can text them and we can say, hey, we've got this deal for you. Now we've become really good friends with them mm -hmm. and look at all the things that have come from that. I mean, the building we're in is one of our cash buyers, mm -hmm. which is, is incredible, but it's all about building those relationships. So go to your RIA events, go to meetup.com and you know join all those uh, RIA events. Sometimes like with things going on now, they're virtual, but still you can, you know, network with people virtually, hop on Zoom calls uh, with people. Um, also Craigslist, you can search for cash buyers on Craigslist. I mean, there's a million different ways to find cash buyers, yep. but my favorite is, you know, meeting them face-to-face, -face, in person, and then also the first page of Google. Yeah, that's kind of a great hack. Or the second page, call them all. <laughs> yeah. so, we don't respect the second page. <laughs> True. We would never call the second page of Google. Speaking of, yeah, we got some work to do to get up there, but you guys are, you know, a lot about Google and what they like. You want to talk about some other side projects you got going on? Yeah. Yeah. So Pat and I have been, uh, whenever the Corona thing happened, we were locked down in our bedrooms for mm. a couple weeks and, mm. and we self quarantined. Well, I did very like seriously a little panicky. because yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, the world's ending. Like, <laughs> get down, like lock the yeah. doors. We're not leaving mm -hmm. and lived on, you know, soup for a couple weeks. And it was a dark place <laughs> for me. <laughs> I would call people when I'm like going to leave my house. I'm like, Hey, I haven't left my house in four days. Like my door's hard to open. Like yeah. I'm gonna leave now. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> so people have been like that the whole time. Yes, yeah, so I know. Still now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine if you if you want to do that. I did that for the first couple of weeks, and then eventually was like, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll I'll ha I need to die rather than live like this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, I have to go out and like see the world, yeah. see the air. See yeah. Who that. wrote down that so everyone has to live to be a hundred? I don't know where that's written anywhere. Like, mm. I rather live free. So yeah. Down, <laughs> down time. You guys got this idea for this side project here. Yeah, so um, we started diving deep into SEO and we've been, you know, working on our own SEO here in St. Louis and then also, you know, some other markets that we're tapping into now and the leads that we get from our organic SEO are amazing. People reaching out to you, in our opinion, those are some of the best leads because we didn't send direct mail. We didn't call them. We didn't put up a bandit sign. Well, I mean, it's similar to a bandit sign except someone that actually searched, mm -hmm. sell my house fast, your market. Um, so the whole point of this is you need to be there when people are searching that yeah. and instead of paying thousands of dollars for PPC or Facebook ads or anything like that, uh, you need to start doing it organically because mm -hmm. that's where, you know, people can see ads 
sure, you'll make money off PPC, absolutely. If you have thousands of dollars to spend and test and go through all that, it's a great idea. It jumps you there fast. But organic SEO is forever. It's a long-term play. And a lot of times people scroll past the ads. I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, think about the things that you search. If you're searching for a microphone like this, you know, uh, best podcast microphone, usually you're going to scroll past the ads and start looking at the ones that are showing up. I mean, You've been spying on my Google search? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have a, a program we put together called House Flipping SEO. Awesome. And you guys can check it out at houseflippingseo.com. And we, you know, show you how to organically rank on the mm. first page of Google. Love it. So, just for the eight people that are listening to this, um, <laughs> what does SEO stand for? Yeah. SEO stands for search engine optimization. Okay. Yep. So pretty much when someone types something in and Google is the number one platform, you know, that most people use to search, it's you showing up for that search term. So okay. if you're looking for the best pizza place in Chicago, a pizza place needs to rank for that search term organically. Yeah. If they can rank for, you know, the best pizza place in Chicago, they're going to get a lot more business than, you know, someone that isn't showing up because a lot of people Google things first. There are six, I just read this article, there are 63 to 80,000 Google searches every second. Mm -hmm. And on the average, average person and, you know, varies with age, obviously there's a lot of differences with age. How many times a day do you Google something? The average is three to four. And I was actually thinking that was low. I was thinking that was pretty low too. Yeah, right? So I think that's, that's lowered by the older generation. I exactly. Like yeah. yeah, and as we move on, you know, and baby boomers start to inherit properties or leave properties or whatever, um, more and more Google, you know, the internet is just going to get bigger and bigger. It's not going away. It's not so bad. it's no. better to start it, start working start on now. it now yeah. uh, because it is not going away by any means. It's only going to get bigger and then eventually when all of our grandparents and their grandparents are, you know, no longer, I mean, think about the kids today that all have iPads. They're going to Google everything when they're 40 mm -hmm. or whatever it is at that time. It might yeah, not be Google. Google. <laughs> so, I mean, like 10 years ago, every investor was sending out direct mail. Mm -hmm. Like people, and a lot of people still are. It's one of our core marketing strategies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think online, you know, Google SEO stuff is going to be replacing that eventually, or it's just uh, something everybody needs to be doing. Do you recommend this to, you know, anybody or more advanced investors? In my personal opinion on, yeah. on the mail system as a whole, I think the door-to-door -door mail is going to disappear anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, take that with what you want, but I, the internet's not going anywhere. I kind of disagree. I think the mail system has been around for a long time and it will continue to work. I think mm -hmm. people love getting stuff in the mail. Right. Like I love getting stuff in the mail. Um, it depends on the market. Um, it depends on where you're at. Uh, it does cost money. So that's the thing. Organic SEO is free. Yeah. When yeah. you're showing up for that search term, you're not paying for it. So that's what we like about it because we don't have to pay for it. And we've made hundreds of thousands of dollars and never spent a dime on a stamp. You know what I mean? Just a lot so, of late nights. Yeah. So I've heard of a lot of people, you know, they, they pay some virtual assistant or some online guru that's saying they can, you know, you know, they can put you on Google number one and, um, and you pay them all their money to, Hey, you go do it for me. And then they never get any results. So are you guys doing a more hands-on approach with your program here or explain that a little bit? 
Yeah, so with our program, you know, we don't guarantee the first page of Google. We can't. It's impossible. We've talked about this before. Anyone that guarantees you a first spot on Google is lying or scamming you. So, you know, we're completely honest and straight up. We cannot guarantee that. It'd be like guaranteeing that your first child's eyes are going to be blue. <laughs> you know, there's so many variables. Well, they, pay a lot of money. they change yeah. the there's Google <laughs> algorithm eight times a day. Yeah, there's so many variables that go into it, so there's no way to guarantee it. Um, pretty much what we show is what we know works, uh, not only for ourselves, but other people that we've worked with and helped. Um, and it's a process. You know, <laughs> SEO, you don't just show up the same night. That's why people like to pay for the PPC, because pay-per-click, you can show up the second you press go yeah. on those ads. Yeah. Um, so organic SEO is definitely a process. It could take six to 12 months uh, to really get you to start ranking. But we know what Google wants. I mean, Google wants relevant content. They want um, easy, easy to read content. Yeah, they want things that are mobile friendly, that mm -hmm. have fast load times. I mean, you can go to Google and say, what do I have to do to rank? And it'll show you some of the top things that Google looks at on web pages okay. um, to get you to rank. So. It's, I don't think it's for super newbies, I think, um, but you should get it started regardless. If you plan on being in this business for a long time, mm -hmm. it's something that you should definitely have. Get your domain. If you don't have them, buy a domain right now, even if you're not ready for it. Buy a domain. Well, just lay, laying the groundwork, getting it yeah. started. Yeah. You know, like when I, my first round of coaching, I remember they taught, you know, you want to have at least five different marketing channels. You guys right. are probably, you're teaching more than like 30 of them. Yeah, we have like 57. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the 30s for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, for somebody just starting out, I don't think you, you're not teaching them like, well, just get this course and get your Google SEO going and then just all the leads are going to start yeah, pouring in. I think you guys are teaching more real stuff. For, you have to do right. some mm -hmm. other formats of marketing to supplement it to get going. Yeah, yeah, for the students that we teach with Jason, it's the whole goal is to get you a deal as fast as possible. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to go out and take a less expensive approach, like pennies to get that deal. You're going to close your first deal, make 10 to 20 grand, and then take a portion of that to start pumping back into your marketing. Yeah. And then you can start getting into the direct mail and the models that work and have always worked. Um, and they just cost a little bit of money, but then you can start closing deals, taking 20% of your profits, putting it back into marketing, and, and then it becomes really a machine. But you have to get to that point first. You yeah, know? we do a third, a third, and then the business gets a third is how we split our profits, okay. and it's yeah. working right now. Yeah, that's a great strategy, because then you can keep building it yeah. and growing it. Yeah. And um, I just want to say, we, we are going to be signing up with these guys uh, for the SEO thing, so I, I'm, I'm like, Planning out having you guys back when you talk about how that's going. Yeah, six months from now, mark it on the calendar. We'll have a deal from your SEO. Yeah, we can talk yeah. about stuff like this. It'll be a case study for you all. Yeah, we know who the rankers in St. Louis are, so we're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching this, you better, you should be scared because we're about to destroy. <laughs> we have deep dived everybody's website. Yeah, we, <laughs> we know everything about you, yeah. and we're coming for you. Yeah, well, let's I, just say that. You guys crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I was kidding though. <laughs> we have we have dove deep. Um, really though, I'm a savage. Yeah, yeah but if we have a problem, <laughs> if you're just getting started and you're trying to get your first deal going, 
you know, first things first, build those relationships, get some legitimate cash buyers, ask them what area they would mm -hmm. love houses in, and then go out and start driving for dollars, start door mm -hmm. knocking, start, you know, putting yourself out there, taking the gorilla approach. Mm -hmm. We still do that stuff. And, and then from there, you know, close your first deal as fast as possible, take a portion of that, and then start thinking about right. SEO or PPC mm -hmm. or direct mail. Then you can start spending money on those things and breathing easily. Well, you start buying back your time. Yeah. Right, so you have to you have to do as much time up there up front, and then now you start to sit back and let the phone start ringing. So, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, which everyone wants to get to that point, but if you're just getting started and don't, and you're not a trust fund baby, go out and start driving for dollars. Thanks, mom. Yeah. So during the shutdown, when you know we couldn't go anywhere, we had no pipeline of leads, we'd go out and drive each of us yeah. over an hour a day. Yeah. And we built up our pipeline and deal machine of mm -hmm. over a few thousand prospects mm -hmm. really fast. Yeah. And now they're all starting to hit. Yep. Yeah. And we're starting to close some deals for yeah. that now, yeah. finally. So at first, you know, it was taking a while to get some leads out of it. I'm like, oh, does this really work driving for dollars? But now it's really starting to pay. Anything off, you've yeah. changed in real estate, anything you do in business, I mean, we're in real estate, but give it 90 days minimum, no matter what. If you're split testing advertisements, if you're driving for dollars and haven't closed a deal, like yeah. give it 90 days. No matter yeah, what you do, never slow down. Consistency is the key. Yeah. You know, whether it's if you're mailing, you can't send out one round and give up. Or but we've closed deals two weeks after finding a house on the street mm -hmm. that was vacant. And so it it happens. Anthony just drove the other day and was driving and saw the person outside. And got out of his car. Yeah. Got out of his car, talked to him. The guy was like, "Yeah, I'll take you know fifty grand or something like that." And yeah. it's in Richmond Heights. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, two hundred thousand dollars house. Incredible. Right. right. He just got out of his car and said, "Hey, what's up, man?" So I mean, it could take <laughs> it could take ninety days. It could take one day. You don't right. know. But with real estate, there is a gestation period. You know. Yeah. So you got to start work. putting in the work. What you do today starts to pay off in around ninety days. Sometimes Typically. you get lucky and it's just perfect timing. Yeah, it's going to be a lay down deal. But most of our deals come from months of follow up. Yeah. 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 Follow up is so important. It might no. take seven or twelve, seven to twelve touches for them just to respond to us. You yeah, know, and then exactly. another dozen calls just following up, getting into the house, and you yeah, know, tons. I've been following up with one on the hill for like two years now, mm -hmm. and I'm starting to get really mad <laughs> because yeah. it's you know two years. This is like the max I've ever because usually I'll follow up for nine months or mm -hmm. something like Got that. Got you on the hook for a long time, but this one's two years. Like I sent him Christmas cards. Personalized. Christmas I'm like, cards, yeah. okay, we need to like get something. I, I kind of want. Okay, so what is the most ninja? We've been thing? dating a while. Let's, yeah. let's make this. Pretty yeah, like, <laughs> I'm your grand child now <laughs> um, what's the most ninja thing you've done to get a deal oh that's a good question. PG PG yes. <laughs> the most ninja thing yeah oh my god we've done so many we get we've got so many deals that we have paid zero dollars for so like I keep going back to ninja being free so like I mean, what do well, you like, I think bingo night right is a really cool one so bingo night you can get the daubers made that say we buy houses really you can get custom daubers made go to bingo night that's pretty ninja wow take them yeah. give them out and you know you've got the flyers in you've got homes. 200 you know people that are in this nursing home that also own properties senior living senior living so extended, yeah. uh, senior yeah. living. see you guys are just like serial entrepreneurs this is stuff that 99 percent of people would never think of like, just I'm included in that. Yeah. <laughs> so getting the bingo dabbers, for example, that's kind of ninja. Um, we like to network at pawn shops. That's mm -hmm. kind of ninja. So we'll take a stack of our business cards into the pawn shops all around here because, you know, people that are going in selling items are in a 
typically a distressed situation. So we'll ask the owners, hey, can we leave a stack of our cards right here? And they always say, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Um, we've never, I've never had anyone at a pawn shop tell me, no, you can't leave your cards here. They're always like, yeah, go ahead. They're entrepreneurs. They um, so, you know, going into pawn shops and networking with the owners and then seeing if you could put a bandit sign in the front, um, you know, because usually there's a little bit of grass or something like that. Um, those are some ninja things. Um, becoming friends with the guy that works at Quick Trip that parks there every single day at a busy Quick Trip, asking him to put you know a bandit sign on wheels on the back of his car, give him give him an extension, pay him a couple thousand dollars per closed deal. But if he is there on the corner every single day parking his car, why wouldn't you you know get either a bandit sign on the back of his car, have him put it up in his car every day, or because Quick Trip will not allow your bandit signs in the grass. Right. So there's there's <laughs> you just out. gotta get creative. <laughs> for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, we can't even leave it out there for a couple yeah, days. Take it 24 hours. Oh, I swear wait, they, honey, gotta take it down. Gas is only 140 we buy houses. <laughs> yeah. I leave every time I get gas, I awkwardly, this is the hustle, this is the ninja, You can, I awkwardly will go put every single pump credit card swiper, I go put a business card in it, and, I, and if somebody's there pumping gas, I say, hey, are you, if you're already paid, and I stick it in, and I say, hey, you don't have a house, you, you know anybody that's on a house. Like, that's what you have to do. Yeah, so we, that's so a $20,000 conversation. Yeah, um, also, it's crazy, uh, the ninja-ness. So that <laughs> thing right there actually yeah. came from the whole concept. So we're always coming up with new ideas. Yeah. And Pat saw that and was like, hey, why don't we have that thing hold a bandit sign, and we put it out on the front out here, you know, because... Um, then we inherited it. Yeah, we yeah. totally lowered the value of that caveman. I no, I think, like. you, I think you increased it. You think so? Yeah, um, it's missing an eye, but I just think it's mullet. I just think it's winking at me. Honestly, yeah, that is so. my mullet. That's on there. But yeah. well, guys, we'll start wrapping up. But I got a few lightning round questions. We'll hit you with. So, oh gosh, worst house round. you ever bought? I know exactly this one. Um, in I believe it was Jenks. Yeah. Yeah, and I it, it is not PG, so I'll just barely scrape. It was filled with a lot of feces. Okay. I know this story. Like cat feces or no. human feces? Human. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was the craziest. Like, you had to burn the house down bad or I mean it was pretty bad. I the buyer is one of my really good friends and I did not tell him that it was human feces until yeah. after he closed. Okay. Um but it, I got it from him for ten grand. Okay. I got it from her for four. Okay. And so, um, you know, he thought it was hilarious because he, he didn't care. He was buying it for a rental. <laughs> yeah, um, squatters. It smells like money. But <laughs> it was, that was definitely the worst one. For sure. I would say the worst one for me, uh, and you were obviously a part of this too, is when, and this has happened more than once, just one of them we ended up buying. And when somebody lives in a house with no water, no run, you know, no running water, and, and they don't eat any food, they order everything out, they don't throw anything away, they're hoarders. This house should have been condemned ten years ago. Were you at one of the homes? We just, it sounds like what we're buying. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just got sold, and it's just it's just one of those deals. It, it's a teardown, and it, she's pirating electricity, or she was out of her own. It's a fire hazard. It's just no air conditioning in the middle of summer, fleas and animals. It's just, it's sad. And like, but we ended up making money on the house. We got fleas recently too. That yeah. one was pretty bad. Really bad. We walked out with fleas all over oh us. It always is amazing to <laughs> see uh, somebody who's living. That was really bad. We took our shoes and socks off in the middle of the street. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It was yeah. really bad. Um, all right. A little bit deeper one. Biggest lesson learned in this business so far. Mm. Take a minute, let it sink. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> My gut goes to uh, biggest lesson. Uh, Is that from a position of failure? Uh, yeah, whether it's uh, 
you know, you had wherever a, you wanted to be, big guy. Yeah, sorry, man. I always have fun. Yeah, take you to the cleaners. It was a loss or just like a epiphany you had. My biggest lesson learned is it's all about the people. At the end of the day, it's all about the people. So beyond houses, beyond everything like that, if you are positively impacting people, mm -hmm. going into the house saying, hey, regardless if I purchase this house or not, I want to help you. Um, when you shift, and and not only that with you know sellers, but also buyers too, and competitors and everything like that, if you start realizing that like this is a people business, you're going to do a lot better. That's probably my biggest. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of my favorite deals were not the most profitable. It was just, right. I knew I helped somebody. 100%. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We, we get, we detach ourselves from the outcome, which kind of leads me into what I was thinking initially, but it just didn't really fit. But I'll say anyways, um, fall in love with the process mm -hmm. and fall in love with just everything you do and talking to people and making offers. And, and we get excited when like, when we bang out an appointment, an offer, we get the no, and then it's just, it's just textbook. It all makes sense. There's no confusion. That's exciting because you, the results there and it's in the fall, but it's part of your machine and it's, it's just the process. So you're saying they, they say no and they keep following up and then they eventually will sign the contract. Even if they don't, it's yeah, exciting. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's, that's one point. thing that Jason, you know, drilled us on and taught us. He said, master the process. Don't focus on the outcome. So we literally don't. If we don't make we don't make emotional offers. When we make offers and someone says no, we celebrate just like if they would have said yes. It feels good. I'm we like, okay, we don't care about the outcome at all. We just mailed out nine offers or we're about to mail out nine offers today. Um, kind of in that vein. This is something we've been wanting to do. There's a whole whiteboard over there of new kind of marketing tricks and so forth that we yeah, were. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, we teach that. Yeah, that's yeah. A good idea. So that's what we're doing, and uh, hopefully we'll get something from it. But it's exciting. Like I agree, it's exciting to do that. We were. Yeah. We added to our scorecard how many offers we yeah. made, and yeah, it was awesome. It doesn't yeah. matter. Some will, some won't. Who cares? Yeah. It just. And it, anyways, it might bring life back into lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, softball yeah. question. No, you're good. Uh, favorite lead source and why? Total softball. I think we already just talked about it. Totally <laughs> biased. Do we? I mean, we like SEO leads, but um, I made I, the most money from driving for dollars. Yeah, I like driving for dollar leads the best, and networking leads are great when yep. someone like is like, "Hey, my friend Alyssa." Mm -hmm. You know, those are really good ones. <laughs> I will say, like, when we get a lead, a lot of times there's multiple investors on it. Mm -hmm. It's very rarely you guys. You guys are doing so many guerrilla ninja tactics where you are. Probably pretty much your only competition. Yeah. Um, I will I will say that, dude. So I mean, and that's why I like driving for dollars too. A lot of times that you're in front of the house. You might be seeing something that it's not gonna show up on a data list that mm -hmm. somebody's gonna pull. Yeah. yeah. So. And a lot of times I'll so like if we walk a house that's a driving for dollars house on the tax records, it does not say it's absentee. It does not say it's vacant. Mm. Because a lot of times people that are in a situation that's like off the chain and it's crazy <laughs> and it's a motivated seller for us, they're not gonna be like, hey, wait a second, honey, we have to call the post office real quick and get them to change our address. It's like the bottom. It's the bottom. Yeah. They don't even know yeah. what to do it. They're yeah, like, they no, grab your stuff, go. Yeah, get, let's get out of Dodge. Yeah. I just ran a lead earlier this week. The house has been vacant for 20 years and she's still getting her mail there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, Exactly. We just walked on that's been vacant for 30 years. It still says it's the mailing address. Yeah. I just made an offer on it this morning. Like, Maybe it's the same one. <laughs> Speaking of drive for dollars, one of the most frustrating things for me, at least when you're doing drive for dollars, like you, you just canvas this entire neighborhood, but you use Deal Machine. Deal Machine has the map. You can see where you drive. You got a better app. You got better? Oh, yeah, we oh. do. Well, we're not affiliated with them, so yeah. okay. Um, anyway, so when you don't hit the house that someone else bought, so you're like, I drove that neighborhood, and then you uh, see it on yeah. Facebook or something like that being marketed. Oh, do you know how many leads in our, in our system get blasted out? 
Yeah. It's okay. so, it's like, ah, man. Yeah, it's a, you're like, damn, should have got that one. Yeah. But. but what I wanted to really say is like, sometimes you're doing drive for dollars and the front yard looks okay. But if you have an opportunity to look in the back mm -hmm. yard, you might see that the grass is a little taller. Or there's a jungle back there or something like a deck. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. love driving around on trash day yeah. so we can see all the trash cans that are pulled out. So yeah. it kind of just automatically eliminates the ones that people are living in or yeah. at. Because when we drive for dollars, we like to find the ones that are vacant, mm -hmm. abandoned. Like he was just talking about his notes on driving for dollars because he we like, put some funny notes. It'll be like golden, you know, golden, I don't know, the crusty notes. crust. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I think somebody's dead on the floor maybe. We should call the neighbors. Yeah, like golden crusty crust in all caps. Well, like, like our notes the, the layup one's always like tall grass. Yeah. And then maybe people just look for that. But then, well, maybe the neighbor's cutting the grass for him. You look mm -hmm. a little bit closer, like, oh, the paint's flaking and all mm -hmm. the shutters. Mm -hmm. and like, if it's cut by a company, if it's got big wide tire yeah. tracks, those make it on my list all day. Mm, okay. If that house looks like crap and it's got big, um, you know, ride on lawnmower tracks, yeah. I because most people don't have those for those for small yards. No, you're right. So that's a huge flag to me. Mm. Or at the very least, maybe they're of a certain age. Yeah, and, and they're, they're paying for it. Yeah, and they right. want to move on and they're getting ready to do that. So. But yeah, trash day is amazing. Yeah. Trash day is amazing. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, usually if you're driving neighborhoods a lot, a lot, or you live in that neighborhood, you know. Mm -hmm. But like, do you look up on the, you know, the county uh, websites or yeah. anything to find that? Yeah, we'll just you can type in like whatever area you're in on Google. You know, yeah. back to Google. Um, <laughs> you, you can search like Richmond Heights Trash Day. Yeah, and Literally you'll find out anything you want, and you'll find it, and then just drive around on Trash Day at Trash Time, and yeah. you'll see all the houses that uh, don't have their trash can pulled out. Then look at those ones differently. I just know? thought of a new strategy. <laughs> Want to share with us? Yeah, they're always thinking. No, yeah. you can hold on to it. <laughs> no, because no, it's kind of backwards. So, like, when the trash cans are out, sticky note them. <laughs> you awesome. never have to walk to the house. They're gonna get it. They're gonna see it. Never get yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> or they're gonna do this. They're gonna take it and they're gonna. Here, I'll just. Fine. How much does this sticky note cost? That's fine. All right. Yeah, you can network with the trash guys. I thought that's yeah. where you're going with the yeah, sorry. your strategy. Trash so, man, yeah. man. Turn them into bird dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Turn yeah. your trash guys into bird dogs. Mm -hmm. Well, this is supposed to be a lightning round. and so we kind I of got one more. Do you have any more, Jake? I did. I, I did not like the lightning round. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we already answered these right. questions. No, so. but any, anything Hit else, it. you know. All right, one more deep one. So, you know, we're all relatively young here. We're trying to build a rental portfolio over the next five years where it's going to replace our active income and then kind of just reassess things after that. So what's the end game for you guys? Is it hey, sailing for the foreseeable future? <laughs> you want to shift focus at any point or we can ask this a lot. Yeah. We go where the wind blows, you know, um, yeah. for me anyways, you know, the whole entire world could change in a year. You know, we don't, we don't, it's, I hate planning things out like a year, two years out because like so much can change. Like I hate when people are like, Hey, you want to go get, um, dinner next weekend? And I'm like, I don't Hit know. Hit me up 12 hours before. Please. Yeah. I'm like, will the world still be here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I mean, the truth is for us, yes, we want to get into passive income. Eventually we want to get into rentals. Uh, mm -hmm. we're starting to look at it this year, but right now I'm we, in no hurry. I mean, yeah. We love wholesaling and we, we're also doing a lot of things online. So to us, it's like digital rental properties uh, and so that's one thing that we've been building up for tenants. multiple streams of income where yeah you're like well 
Right. Why um, would I put all that work into yeah. the house? I think I'm gonna. <laughs> like, it does make you sense. guys know I'm personally gonna run for governor. Um, so I think. <laughs> right here. Uh, so the long-term plan for me is to, you know, become the governor, and I'll pr I'd like to drop a couple albums. Um, mm -hmm. I rap and sing. First so, rapper, yeah. yeah, so I mean, I have big plans uh, for the future. My God, every time I'm around you, like I just, <laughs> I can't help but have a smile on my face. Yes. Like, that's <laughs> because the thing is, I'm serious. You know, I know. She's <laughs> yes. serious. Like I know, whenever you guys do eventually get into rentals, like you'll crush it, you'll kill it on that. You'll like make it seem like no one else knew how to do rentals before you guys. Right. <laughs> that's why I'm in no hurry. Yeah. Like some piece of legislation could change. Like look at Berkeley for St. Louisans. Like right. what? What do we even know? Like I, and sh money shifts and things change. Like when I bought my first house, I had no idea how great of a rental neighborhood that was. I had no idea. You guys know where I live. Yeah. Great rental area. Had no idea. At yeah. home. Had no idea. Right. So it's just like you never know. And we tend to just really trip and fall intentionally into where we want to be. Yeah. And so we're just yeah. in no hurry to just like do it if we don't. If we're not really in love with it. I think, I mean, you got to live and learn a little bit. Like yeah, when I first got into this, I just thought I wanted to do everything real estate, do these big fancy right, rehabs. Know. And then I did a couple and I was like, this is not as much fun as they crack make it out. I've done one rehab and I don't want to do it. It's like, damn you, HGTV, you um, lying. I'm yeah. being with like one at a time. And, yeah. and I wish that HGTV would call me and film like my rehab. Right. Because I, I was literally in a car at 7-Eleven crying, like eating chicken <laughs> from Matt Hayes probably. <laughs> I was literally just like sitting in the car crying and I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And like HGTV does not film that. They need know? HGTV for a whole summer business. Yeah, like I think that'd be really entertaining. Let's just start our own pilot and uh, they'll pick yeah. it up. Yeah. We wanted to do like an MTV Cribs uh, version of the houses we walked. So we started filming, like we walked into a house we did in Richmond Heights. And we're like, yo, welcome to our crib. And, <laughs> hours off. Yeah, hours <laughs> off. And we walk through and show all the weird things and kind of make like a cool MTV Cribs version of mm -hmm. rehab properties. You know, it sounds so ridiculous, but I feel like it's going to happen. And if you don't do it, someone else. We should do it on YouTube. Like that's where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Because we thought it'd be really fun, and he always likes to say, "Who wants to open the fridge?" Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell to somebody who's like, if they're the owner of the house and they haven't been there in five years, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, "You want to open it?" Like that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah fun. If you like, open a fridge in a house that's been vacant for like twenty years. I don't do it. I I uh, did a walkthrough with a with a local investor once, and I was a rookie. And I opened the fridge, and it just like complete. Everybody hated me. It's like a habit. It's almost a habit. It is. See, they're like, "What's in?" <laughs> <laughs> that toilet uh, Dale opened. Oh. High ridge. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. he opened it and was like, "Those people ended up using a bag because the toilet was so full." Oh my god. Oh yeah, and we're like, who's gonna open and open the toilet, you know? On that note, I think it's a good spot to end, guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks for doing this. It's much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're excited to Yeah, for sure, guys. Keep Thanks for having us. Into your stuff yeah. and All right, so we'll drop the link for your SEO thing. Uh two day blueprint. Yeah, two day blueprint.com if you want to hit up our mentor who got us going. Highly recommend him. Okay. Amazing guy. Too. You guys I, you guys need to call him too, honestly. I saw him playing ping pong one time. You got, you got scared. <laughs> and I got totally intimidated by this man. He comes right I, I think it's a bomb. I don't know. We're going too he's far. Pretty he's on a bike. Yeah, he's, weird. he's pretty intense. He's yeah. a ping pong king. So. Awesome. Yeah, you really don't want to battle him. But. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks again. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do this again soon. Bye, everybody.